Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Burlington. Except no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an odds and sods midweek edition. There is, of course, no midweek game for the Lions this particular week. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 10th of March. So we have a welcome week off. I've actually said to the chaps on the show, take a, a week away from the frenetic pace of Achtung Millwall and all the glamour lifestyle that comes with it. Sometimes you've just got to switch it off, dear listeners. Um, after that 2-0 loss, very disappointing game last Saturday, I must admit I very much sympathise with Mike Hayden's view at the end of the show, the last most recent show, that we're all looking forward to the summertime. Um, I'm almost certain that when that moment comes and we get into the summertime break, that within about three or four days I'm going to be sick of it and want the football back very, very quickly. I bet you do too, dear listener. But for the moment, I just thought we'd do a few bits and pieces and one of our popular, I hope they're popular, random fixtures from the past. So first up, dear listener, we've had a few emails in over recent weeks, so forgive me if you've emailed me. And in this particular case, here, Sam Mitchie has e- emailed me. Forgive me, Sam, I haven't replied back to you, but I thought I'd do the show by way of saying thank you very much for your contact, mate. Um, it's talking about summertime changes, and uh, I think this is probably going to be a fairly consensus view around the mill support. But Sam is saying here, Bod, Varson, Bod needs to go in the summertime, and he thinks Tom Bradshaw too. I think Tom Bradshaw, Sam, is on an extended contract, so we may not see the back of Tom next season, 21-22 season. I think he's going to be re- with us unless we can find a deal somewhere as sam says here regarding uh bod varson he tries but he's not good enough in this league um he'd love to see some of the youngsters george alexander's naming here or another youth striker given a shot i'm thinking of isaac alofe who i saw briefly on bt on saturday there um he's been doing very well at Sutton. is that good enough for the championship we won't know really until we see him you know get a, get a go either off the bench initially or, or possibly starting in one of the the early season League Cup games, I don't know. 24 draws is a record in the season. We've got eight to go, says Sam here. Hopefully we'll avoid that statistic. Come on, you Lions. A um, couple of emails here from John Hedges um, saying about the Mill Vodka. <laughs> Mill Vodka that we touched on recently on the club shop. And it's, um, it's speculating if you could be swigging out of the, uh, the glitter bottle 
on the train. Will you be committing an offence there, John? And as he rightly says, the British Transport Police would be taking an interest. I, I, I wonder what it tastes like. Is it any good? Has anyone actually tasted the Mill Vodka? Uh, one of my uh, extended family relations is Polish, and they take their vodka very, very, very seriously in Poland. And I'm wondering whether it would cut the mustard on that front. I, I somehow I'm, I'm doubting it. I think it might be more like um, paint stripper, but I could be doing it at this service. I mean, I've not tasted it, so I could be dissing it, as the kids say. Also, he's asking whether I think it'd be a good idea, as they do in the A League. Apparently, on the A League, they have half-time interviews with the managers, the football managers. Um, I've not seen that in football. I've seen it in, I've seen it in sports like uh, baseball and cricket. They do mid-game interviews with the players. I can imagine if you caught Gary Rowett mid-game, uh, if there were crowds in the den and uh, it hadn't been one of our typical performances recently, you might get a few fruity comments there. I, I don't know. It's an interesting. One. I, I'm not generally in favour of this kind of thing. Dear listeners, you know, the kind of um, modern thing of having cameras in the dressing rooms and, and, and the like. Um, I think there's some things that need to remain, a bit like the monarchy, maybe. <laughs> Might delete that bit. But, they, and, you know, the, the mystery is everything, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't think I believe that myself. But, um, yeah, um, interesting idea there, John. I'm not sure it would work in reality, mate. You might have to have a few apologies for bad language if, if they did do that indeed. And following our recent interview with, with Darby Lockridge, one of our Texas-based fans, American lady, who I spoke to a few episodes ago, and a really good conversation, actually. It's well worth a listen. Um, she's a character, Darby. If you're listening to this show, you're a character, a Millwall character. You might, I know you've never been to the den, but you are a Millwall character, believe believe you and me. But we've had an email from another stateside listener to the show, Glenn Nellins. He uh, says, hi, Nick. He absolutely loves the pod. He listens when he's out walking his dog each week. You and the boys do a brilliant job. Big thank you for that, Glenn. That's that's lovely. Um, he's originally from Long Lane, near Borough High Street, Borough Tube. Massive Millwall fan. Um, played for Fisher Athletic, Youth and Reserves, before moving to the USA in the mid-1990s. Mike Bailey was the first team manager of, of Fisher then. Uh, Mike Bailey, was he was he ex-Charlton ex player and Wolves? Um, am I right? Is that the same bloke? Um, first team manager of Fisher in the 90s. Um, he went every week, Glenn went every week to the den in the mid to late 80s, the real den, as he calls it. Um, we come home now every February to come to Millwall Games, usually catch a couple of games when he's when he's home. And then he mentions Derby, Talk, heard you talking to a young lady from Texas recently and wanted you to know we have a good following stateside. I coached football for my first years when, when he moved over and insisted the youth players got me the Millwall results each week, which was my way of trying to make sure they started following the Lions and not go for the commercial Premier League teams, um, brackets. I didn't succeed, says Glenn. No, I don't think you would do, Glenn. It's a tough, tough sell, mate. Um, keep up the good work, he says, and thanks for keeping us entertained. Really appreciate that email, Glenn. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from more of the American listenership. I mean, we it, it, it intrigues me. Obviously, Glenn, um, you're a, you know, a part of the, similar to some of the Aussie fans, you know, the, the local boys moved uh, to Australia, New Zealand. Um, USA, Canada, and so on. I mean, that's that's part of the, well, should we call it the Millwall diaspora? Can we call it that? I think that's a good word. I'm going to call it the Millwall diaspora. But I'm fascinated by uh, fans such as Derby and other American or any foreign foreign fans generally. I mean, I know we have some Russians that follow us now, and, you know, we've, we've always had our Scandinavian um, support. I remember that from the 70s. Um, and it fascinates me, um, you know, why people... 
uh, latch on to Millwall. Um, obviously, we, for the most part, and I'm including myself, I, I dare say yourself, dear listener, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of locals. We were born into it. We, we've had many routes to get there. But if basically, if you're from south of the river, southeast London, you know of Millwall, you're part of the fabric that, that produces Millwall fans. But why people follow Millwall from abroad when there's a million other one other choices available to them is a fascinating subject to me and I really appreciated speaking to Darby the other day um, because I found it really interesting really interesting insight and she was saying how it was the um, shall we call it the the sharp-edged nature of of Millwall supportership um, that attracted her to it and that's that's interesting she referred in particular to London Bridge Attacks and Moilana and and that again you know it's um it's an interesting angle, and what attracts people to the to the football club is is um, endlessly fascinating for me. So, big thank you to Glenn Nellins, um, Millwall fan living in in the USA. So, onto the the random fixture. Um, as you know, I choose these at random. Uh, well, random org chooses a number between eighteen eighty five and two thousand. That's, that's it's not nothing more you know to it than that to be honest with you um anyway this this um shows random number random year is 1963 so i've looked up a a copy of the sunday people dated the march the 10th um so this on this day in march 1963 we have a report police trouble at the den at the old story 1963. So this is how far it goes back, dear listeners. Um, there is nothing new in in this life, is there? Um, so police trouble at the den, says the reporter by Ralph Finn. Millwall 2, Bristol Rovers 1 is the result. What a match, says Ralph Finn. For their third successive home game, Millwall had the police called in. This time when linesman D.A. Watkins complained to the referee Stokes of Newark about the crowd pelting him. And that wasn't all. Mill left back John Kilchrist broke an ankle before the end of the first half. Uh, Mill centre half Dave Harper and Rovers centre forward uh, Biggs had their names taken. This was a big thing back then. I mean, yellow card in modern parlance, but back then it was clearly worth worth reporting. And the game had exploded into life within thirty seconds when Mobbett's long pass. This would be a Ro- Bristol Rovers uh, long pass through the middle found Hamilton who raced through to beat keeper Reg Davis, Reg the Cat Davis. We've we've covered him on previous shows. Um, striving to cut back that early shock, Millwall threw everything into the attack. The fans were roused when it looked like a handle ball, handling offence in the Rovers' penalty area was waved aside by the referee. I keep saying it, there's nothing new, dear listeners. It was cruel luck for Millwall when Gilchrist was carried off, and this would have been pre-substitute, so 10 men continued to do most of the pressing, Egged on by the fans, Millwall went all out for an equaliser. Play got really tough. Really tough. It sounds like it's pretty tough already. Player got really tough and we ran half a dozen players in a melee. Millwall lost their early dash, but Dave Jones did not let down his side or the crowd as he equalised with an unstoppable shot. Then pandemonium broke loose as Joe Haverty scored two minutes later to give Millwall the lead from a Joe Broadfoot pass, exclamation point. Um, Ratings, Millwall, Davis got six, John, five, Gilchrist, six. Harper was our star man with a seven out of ten. Brady, Tom Brady, Pat Brady. Tom Brady's an American football star. Pat Brady, six. Anderson, five. Joe Broadfoot, six. Longbottom, five. 
Terry, five. Jones, five. Haverty, six. So there we are. Trouble at the den. And it's it sounds like a real cold blow lane atmosphere of pandemonium. And there we are at cold blow lane to get back into the game for Mill. 2-1 win there. Checking the Mill history website, I see that that game played on the 9th of March, 1963. Finished 2-1. 1-0 down at half-time in front of just 5,621 fans. Comparatively low low crowd that season. Um, 1962-63. to 63, The Lions were playing in the third division that particular season. We would go on to finish in 16th spot. Um, probably a fairly nondescript season in truth. This was played under the managership of Ron Gray. And indeed the following season would be even more disappointing when we'd be relegated to Division 4. That would be the 63-64 season. So a bit of a period of of decline for Millwall. Um, one name leapt out at me there was was Dave Harper. And I don't think we've covered Dave previously. So I thought it would just be good to mention him. He was a midfielder, born in Peckham, uh, 29th of September 1938. Played in midfield. He was a youth team product and would play 185 times for the Lions between 1957-58 to 1964-65. Scoring five goals in that time. Fairly mu- uh, pretty much an ever-present in the side in the very late 1950s and early 1960s. Um, these were Division Four times for Millwall. Tough times at the Den. Uh, bottom, you know, basement level of football. Um, he would stay with us into Division Three in 63-64. Um, and that would be the following season, 64-65, would be his final season at the Den. He'd be playing 33 times for, for Millwall. And the 63-64 season would, of course, be... Um, the beginning of the incredible unbeaten run, 59 home matches between August 1964 and I think it was January 1967 when Plymouth finally broke the, the streak. Um, but that was a massive, massive achievement for a team playing in third division and then second division football to remain unbeaten at home for so long. I remember Liverpool breaking that record in the late 70s, early 80s. But you are talking about, you know, one of Europe's great sides uh, with, you know, some of the best players that money could buy at that time. They established um, a 60-something game at Anfield. But for many, many years, the Lions held that longest unbeaten home record in British football. Um, those 59 games between those those years, 64 to, to 67. An absolutely incredible, incredible streak. Dave Harper is actually, I, I hadn't realised this, I'm, some will call me silly, but I hadn't realised he's actually the father of Frank Harper, the, the actor who's played in, in various um, Lockstock films and, and Bend It Like Beckham. He plays the, the father of teenage... Uh, the teenage Kieran Knightley in, in that film. Dave would move on from Millwall in 1965. He'd make six, 72 appearances for Ipswich Town, then briefly at Swindon, and would finish his career at Leighton Orient. Uh, 84, 85 appearances, sorry, for, for Leighton Orient's four goals. A total league career of 326 appearances with 10 goals over that that. Uh, 15-year period. Dave sadly passed away in 2013, aged 74, living in Eastbourne at that time. Dave Harper, 1938 to 2013, Mill midfielder in the very late 1950s and early 1960s. If 
Barbara Frank. And just to close out this edition, I found another report from the Sunday Mirror uh, of the March the 10th, 1963. For that same game, Mill 2, Bristol Rovers 1. A bit more sedately put than the people. Um, police were called into control. A section of the Mill crowd yesterday for the third successive match. They stepped in after a linesman had made a complaint to referee Ken Stokes. The incident occurred during the second half when tempers became frayed after several <laughs> disputed decisions. Following one clash, referee Stokes appeared to take the names of Rovers centre forward Alfie Biggs and the Mill right half Dave Harper, we've already mentioned. Praise Mill for a magnificent rally that earned them two surprise points. Things looked black when Ian Hamilton put them one down after only 25 seconds. I hadn't realised it was that early. And their gloom increased when left-back John Gilchrist was carried off with a broken ankle in the 36th minute. It wasn't until 14 minutes from time that the tide turned, refused two earlier penalty appeals. Mill succeeded when Bob Jones fell and handled a Joe Broadfoot cross. Dave Jones banged in the spot kick 10 minutes later. Uh, victory was clinched and again, Broadfoot played a big part. He sent over a knee-high cross, which Haverty swung into net. Some of these reports vary slightly. I think some of the they were written in a hurry, possibly phoned in, I would imagine, to Fleet Street um, editors' offices. Um, this one says 10 minutes later. The other one, I'm sure, said two minutes. I'll, I'll have to check that. But um, I think you get a sense of the intensity that Coldblow Lane could produce on these occasions. Um, the linesman copying it for decision-making that um, was questionable. Um, such was the nature of the of the old ground, dear listeners. Um, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. 1963, what's that? That's 60, 57 years ago. I hope you've enjoyed this Bits and Pieces edition of Achtung Millwall, dear listeners. We will be back at the weekend after the Derby away fixture. Please do keep in touch with us via the email achtungmill at gmail.com um, as I've said before I'd love to hear from any fans living abroad we can do zoom calls it doesn't cost anything to you know no, no phone charges if you do want to leave us a voicemail message um, number is 0208 144 you can also send me a voicemail via the email um, anyway that's 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 only if you if the fancy catches you so huge thank you for listening to the show dear listeners we'll be back at the weekend uh, my name is Nick Hart signing out. Until Sunday, it's Arriva Dirty Mill, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Mill. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.